0: Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and I'm talking with the chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico, former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Man, Steve, lots going on again this week. Uh, we'll start with our governor. She settled on this harassment lawsuit. Tell us about it.
1: Well, she's the one who pointed out uh, when Governor Cuomo from New York was uh, facing allegations, she said that the victim should be believed so evidently she believed her victim because she settled for $62,000 more or less. And if she was not guilty, why did she settle? If she just wanted the thing to go away, shouldn't she be protecting her reputation? But instead, I think that his accusation had a lot of merit from day one. And she agreed by settling with him kind of out of court and let's just get this thing over with and it'll all go away. That's our governor. You know, we've got a similar circumstance nationally with BOM covering up that one of their founders, Patrice Coulard, is now involved in some shady real estate deals. And it looks like that all those corporations who've been paying hush money and uh, they've been paying whatever extortion money to the BOM suddenly they're not able to see how that money is being used. And so Facebook censored any questions about how she's using the BOM money, and they're censoring all questions about these real estate deals that she's involved in. And so, again, this is the sort of censorship that you would expect in Russia or Red China, but you don't expect it in the United States. And that's the power of the monopolies that are in charge of our Facebook, our social media, And so when you have Republicans, even up to Clarence Thomas, who sits on the Supreme Court, suggesting that it's time for us to look at limiting the power of these social media organizations, it's because of things like this. They completely covered up the fact that Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, was under investigation. They covered that up during the entire campaign. After the campaign, then they started letting that out to the public. The news media picked it up. And then you had 10 percent of the Democrats say they would not have voted for Joe Biden if they had known about that. But it was completely quashed. And so you have this tremendous effect on our electoral system, on our voting system because of the censorship, uh, both Facebook, Twitter, all of the social media accounts are actively suppressing comments that are critical of their supporters, of people on their side of the political aisle. Again, this feels like a totalitarian presence at this point. And folks, we've got a dramatically good program today. The last two segments are Senator Crystal Diamond, who is newly elected to the New Mexico State Senate longtime activist. She was helping in campaigns 10 years ago, then began to run for school board for the Soil and Water Conservation District. So keep in tune for the last two segments and discussions with her. But in other international news, uh, Joe Biden sent John Kerry over to visit with the Chinese. It's the first formal conversation between the U.S. and China, And the subject was not the safety and the health of Americans. That's the biggest issue that faces the country today. They didn't discuss COVID at all. Instead, they talked about global warming, and they used it to say that's more important and more frightening than the aspect of what the Chinese did to help circulate this COVID around the world. There's very little doubt that it came from a lab there in Wuhan. So you can tell the direction that a, an administration is going from the very first days from their the association and from the topics they take on. And so just understand that health is at a very low interest level to this administration. Instead, the global warming will be one of the things they push most. That's bad news for New Mexico because their position on fossil fuels, stands to shut down up to 40% of our state's tax budget. And so stay tuned because New Mexico is in the crosshairs of the Biden administration as they move forward nationally and internationally. So Derek, in another just tremendous exchange, again, Jim Jordan is a longtime friend of mine. I served with him in the House of Representatives for years, was on the Freedom Caucus with him when he was chair of that. So this week had several dustups with Dr. Fauci. Of course, Dr. Fauci was the one who basically said, we've got to shut the country down. And in one of those exchanges, Jim Jordan is asking him, take a look at this chart here. And you can see that the Republican states are having better health outcomes by opening up than the Democrat states are uh, shut down. Dr. Fauci just dodges the question completely saying i can't read it from here he should have those statistics memorized he's the top doctor in the nation he's the one that shut us all down saying that masks six foot distancing and shutting down small businesses was required for us to be healthy and he doesn't even know the statistics doesn't know that the red states are being much more successful in opening up and controlling the virus than the other states and so you'll hear that exchange
2: What explains why Texas is so darn low compared to the rest of the states? Lockdown states have a much higher case rate than the state of Texas, which is over a month ago now, said we're not going to lock down. We're not going to have all these mandates that you say we have to have. Yeah, there's a difference between lockdown and the people obeying the lockdown. You know, you could have a a, a situation where they say we're going to lock down and yet you have people doing exactly what That's they want funny. to is do. Is that what is happening in the top eight states in the country? They're just not, they're just not following what, what's been told? They're not listening to Dr. Fauci? I'm sorry, you're speaking so fast, I'm not even hearing what you're saying. Well, you can look at the numbers. I can't see that, it's too far away. Okay, well, Michigan's at 551 cases per 100,000, Texas is at 77, Wisconsin's at 109 because their state Supreme Court overruled their governor, their Republican Court, and said we're not going to have a lockdown in Wisconsin, and their numbers are five times lower than the state of Michigan, which is right next door. The time has expired. (laughs)
1: You know, and big news, James O'Keefe, remember, he's the one that does the secret videos. He's exposing CNN for absolutely admitting that they made up stories about Trump in order to get him not reelected, in order to elect Biden instead. And he's got this tremendous series of videos where it's just an expose on CNN. There's nothing related to news and what they're doing. It's propaganda so be sure and google and watch what james o'keefe is doing he's one of the warriors for liberty freedom and for the american way of life he's always checking into those things that all of us maybe suspect but we don't have the courage to go out and ask because it, they've sued him they've tried to have him arrested they're trying to do anything to shut him up and he just keeps on going on so james o'keefe be looking for his interviews on
0: cnn Thank you, Steve. We will be back in just a moment. Steve Pierce will be having a conversation with State Senator Crystal Diamond about her first few months as a New Mexico State Senator. That's coming up on Inside New Mexico.
3: On behalf of the New Mexico Department of Health, take COVID-19 precautions. Wash your hands frequently for 20 seconds. Don't touch your face. Use a tissue or your elbow to catch your sneeze or cough. Avoid large gatherings and close contact with sick people, especially if you are elderly or high risk. If you have a cough, fever, or shortness of breath, stay home from work or school. Do not go to the ER or doctor's office without first calling the coronavirus hotline. And avoid all unnecessary out-of-state travel. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Mexico, as our chairman of the Republican Party, Steve Pierce, talks with New Mexico State Senator Crystal Diamond. Steve?
1: Well, Derek, as we mentioned in the first segment, we've got a special guest on the program today, Senator Crystal Diamond. She's one of our freshmen, and I will tell you, Having watched the legislature, having watched the Republicans in elected office for years, this freshman class is just outright exciting, both in the House and the Senate. And so, Crystal, welcome to the program. And tell people a little bit about what your experience was in this first session, now that you've got that under your belt.
3: Thank you for having me, Chairman Pierce. It's a pleasure to join you today. I represent Senate District 35 It's the Boot Hill of New Mexico, Hidalgo County, Luna County, all of Sierra. And the west side of Doniana County. In the campaign for this seat, it was a high-profile seat, the first time a Republican has ever held this seat. And also, notably, there was a lot of attention given to it because my predecessor was Senator John Arthur Smith, who, as we know, was unseated and a very ugly primary. So here I am. I show up to Santa Fe. I'm ready to change the world. And I'll tell you that it was a little bit disappointing just under the circumstances. And I'll begin by reminding you that As freshmen, we all entered into Santa Fe and were disappointed to find out that the roundhouse would be completely closed, not just to lobbyists who can provide sound advice on certain pieces of legislation that come before us, but also closed to our constituents. And uh, I think that's a disservice, not just to the people of New Mexico, but it was certainly a great disadvantage for freshman legislators who arrived in Santa Fe for the first time.
1: As you got into the actual Senate itself, what committees did you get assigned to?
3: You know, I'm proud to announce, very unusual for a freshman, but I was assigned to serve on Senate Finance Committee. It's a very powerful committee. As you know, my predecessor chaired that committee for many years, and I think it's important that we have rule representation on that committee. That's an assignment that I understand the, the magnitude and and the importance of sitting on and I promise to be a good steward of the finances of New Mexico's finances and to exert my influence not just for rural New Mexico just to make sure that we're making sound financial decisions with New Mexico's hardworking money.
1: Absolutely so how about the interim committee assignments what are you working on there?
3: Of course, I'd like to serve on LFC and anything finance related. We have not received those committee assignments yet. Those should be coming out really within the next few weeks to see where we'll all be serving in the interim.
1: So for our listeners, just a little bit of background, the interim committees are where the legislative work is done in between the sessions. So what issues did you find to be most interesting to you on the floor?
3: You know, I'll tell you, I was actually very disappointed. As we know, I think a lot of these votes were determined on Election Day, which is unfortunate. There was a large, far-left progressive takeover of many of these seats and some key priority bills that they wanted to get passed, and they did. As you know, we have full-term on-demand abortion passed. We had the assisted suicide bill that passed. We had just countless anti-business bills that just placed burdensome regulations, specifically on our oil and gas communities that passed. We had some natural resource issues, including the ban on trapping for state lands. It was just one after another. But that far left, those progressive attempts that have been attempted in the past, finally, because of this shift, with a number of far less progressive legislators, specifically in the Senate now, they were able to get that legislation passed, which was disturbing. What I found even more disturbing, though, is for the colleagues that I serve with in the Senate, is when you get up to debate the bill and they make very valid, sound arguments, and yet at the end actually vote, in stark contrast to the arguments that they were just making, and we all fall on these party-line votes, that's what I find most disappointing, is that I don't think a lot of those votes were really reflective of their communities back home and the impact that they'll have on their communities. I said this campaigning, and I believe it now more than ever, but the divide in Santa Fe really isn't just R versus D, it's rural versus urban. And a lot of these urban legislators are just so out of touch with what's happening out there in rural New Mexico that we have a lot to, of work to do to really bridge that divide.
1: Folks were visiting with Senator Crystal Diamond, one of the exciting freshman legislators that were elected in November of last year. Now, I want to compliment you because I've watched, again, a lot of freshmen come into office. And I think the communications that you were sending out were really eye-grabbing. They were things that would appeal to the public who doesn't track things uh, very closely. The insiders are always going to figure it out. But your communications are designed for the people, the casual watcher and listener of politics. And so I compliment you for that and urge you to continue.
3: Thanks. I really made an effort to make sure that not only did I have social media updates, but more information was provided to an email list. And if anyone would like to sign up, it's diamond4nm.com. And throughout the session, I would send these email updates just to allow specifically my district to understand very clearly the impact that this particular legislation would have on them. One, for example, is the paid sick leave ordinance that we know. I wanted to make very clear that you know, I brought forward an amendment that would recuse seasonal or part-time employees, and it was denied to exempt them. And so the example I gave is I have a lot of very high uh, agricultural population here in my district is that when we have some of these seasonal chili or onion workers, just the impact that that mandatory paid sick leave would have, you have employees, maybe 150, 200 employees that are racking up paid sick leave or paid time off and the impact that that's going to have on our important industries down here, just so that everyone was clear. And that along with many other things, what does a ban on trapping do to the impact of Sierra County, for example. I think often we get up there in Santa Fe and they try to just talk over our heads or in the clouds or just just slam this through just so quickly that um, I tried to do my best to make sure that my constituents back home understood the real impact, you know, read between the lines that this was going to have on us and the rest of New Mexico.
1: And that uh, is such a valuable piece of the political process, that communication with the folks back home. From the outside view, you're involved in one of the most dramatic instances on the House floor. It was when the Lee County Right to Life sent out these life-size models of the unborn babies. You used that on the floor, and uh, Senator Jacob Candelaria stood up immediately after and said, I got the same thing, I threw it in the trash. He made national news, he made international news because he was responding to your use of that visual aid on the floor. And it was amazing that he felt like the visual aid was offensive, but the idea of what they were doing through their policies to those unborn didn't seem offensive to him at all. But uh, talk a little bit about that exchange.
3: That was actually one of my very first debates. It was early in the Senate session. As you know, he did notice he scolded me for bringing a prop to the Senate floor. And he said, when I received this, I just threw it in the trash. My response is that's exactly what we're doing with live babies. So I think that was an ironic way for him to kind of attack me there on the floor. And if you remember, what I brought forward was actually an amendment trying to find any bit of compromise which was a struggle, and we had many conversations before we went on the floor, is because you don't want to compromise at all on an issue like life. But what they were fighting for were delivery abortions, uh, birthday abortions. And so the amendment that we brought forward on that floor that I introduced would allow, without question, abortions up to 20 weeks. And they just completely disregarded that. And I think our point was made there on the floor that this is about big money. This is about giving back to their big campaign contributors, mainly Planned Parenthood, to push these full-term, just grotesque abortions. You know, I got that
2: same prop from right to life of wherever. I threw it away.
1: Threw it right in the trash. Right in the trash. Why?
0: Because it's offensive.
3: That was just the first of many kind of unfortunate exchanges that happened this session.
0: We'll take a break and be right back with more of Steve Pierce's interview with State Senator Crystal Diamond on Inside New Mexico.
2: National Guard and Reserve members are true leaders, both in the military and in the
1: workplace. They are highly skilled and get the job done every day. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, ESGR. ESGR can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring guard and reserve
2: members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit
0: esgr.mil employers to learn more. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. We return to our interview now as our chairman of the Republican Party, Steve Pierce, interviews freshman state senator Crystal Diamond.
1: Now, to our listeners, I want to talk about a moment of tremendous courage on the part of Senator Crystal Diamond. Again, we're visiting with her today. In that debate that you're talking about, you're referring to, you on the House floor said, Hey, this is an abortion bill. My amendment is an abortion bill. And you said, I will take the wrath of the voters if they choose to judge it this way. But I'm trying to tell you that this late term abortion that you all are pushing is very egregious. And for the moment, we'll set aside those early term abortions. And let's only concentrate on this. For our listeners, I will tell you that political courage is going to manifest itself or it's not going to. And I've watched so many people just shy away and and they have either a rigid hard line that we can't vote for anything like this. Your pragmatic stance on that and trying to find a common ground with conservative Democrats that might still be in the Senate to say, look, Let's look at just the most egregious piece of what you're doing and we'll give you the rest of it. Again, compliment you on that, but point out that that took a lot of political courage. So what are your other impressions from the first 60 days in office? Tell me a little bit about the people and what the responses have been to you as a legislator.
3: I will tell you that from my Senate colleagues, I've been treated with great respect and I appreciate that. Even as heated as debate may be on the floor, We leave that on the floor. We represent the people that elected us and got us there. And I just appreciate the support that I've received specifically from my colleagues, from my caucus leadership, and those that I serve on with Senate Finance. I know that towards the end, there was the beginning of what I would describe as a cancel culture of men in which actually was the pro Tim who compared debate from a man as abuse. And I just want to share with your listeners that that has not been my experience at all. In fact, I have found that the gentlemen that I serve with in both parties have been very respectful. I do want to say that when I'm debated on the floor by the men, and it is, I don't want to use the word aggressive, but it is direct, and I view that really as true equality because they're debating me in the same manner that they debate a man. And so I just want to, instead of being critical of that, I want to actually thank them. I think that they see me not as a woman there, but as an equal. And so I have been treated with utmost respect from both sides since being here. The staff is wonderful. And even in heated arguments, I feel like we've been able to just represent and carry the message for the people who sent us there and then just leave that on the floor and still be very respectful for each other off the floor. I did want to go back to one of my most disappointing moments, I will tell you, is that As you know, there was a bill being carried this session. It was actually by Senator Greg Baca. He's our minority leader that would limit the limits of executive power for any governor. Remember, this isn't just party specific, but to limit those executive power orders under emergency health orders. That piece of legislation, as it traveled through the committee process, received bipartisan support. And then yet when it made its way to the Senate floor, Bipartisan support from both chambers. It was never given a hearing and that I believe was where I had really my aha moment that perhaps New Mexico is not being represented and we are not reflecting three separate branches of government because it was that moment that I realized that the executive had such a strong influence over specifically the Senate and also the House, but over the entire legislative branch that there was no separation of powers and that it really kind of made me feel irrelevant, but yet the entire legislative branch feel irrelevant. And I think it was from that moment on that I realized that something's got to change in order for anything to change. And so I'm committed to bringing change. We need a balance there in the Senate. We need a balance in the House. And we really need to separate ourselves from the executive branch in order for New Mexicans to have really good government and and work.
1: That's well stated, Senator. One of the key elements of the American governmental system is the checks and balances. The legislature is supposed to be a separate body, the executive another body, and then the courts, the third. And each are just supposed to bring checks and balances against the other. And when you see the debate in committee being totally about limiting support of governor, but when it hits the floor of the Senate than those senators who the day before or the week before were on one side of the issue have suddenly flipped. That's when the state is not well served. For our listeners, I want them to know that when I first met Crystal Diamond, she was a volunteer. She was showing up. She was at agriculture events. She was representing a group of the agriculture producers. And so here we have uh, over the past 10 years, basically, that you've moved from a volunteer into helping on campaigns, then campaigning yourself, and now serving as a senator. What compelled you to do that? And I want other young moms to be listening, because I will tell you that There's a definite need for women in politics. There's a definite need for that viewpoint. And so talk a little bit about your transition from a mom to a volunteer to now then serving as Senator.
3: If we want change, we're gonna have to become the change. And I saw that quite a while ago. My family's in agriculture. I decided to run for an elected position on my soil and water conservation district board because I recognized early the influence that our elected officials have on our ability to live and to make a living in New Mexico. And from that, of course, my daughters grew up and they were very active in school I realized that there were some things that I'd like to see different in the school district. And though that compelled me to run for the local school board and to make those changes. And it's just that easy. I'll tell you that I didn't have any more time than anyone else does. But for an hour or two hours out of your entire month, to be able to make an influence and to make a change in your community is really where it all starts. Of course, I noticed the importance of having representatives that fairly represented my values and the values of my community and my family. And so I stayed engaged to let them know that they were supported if they carried that message, or we would work to unelect them if they voted and carried a message that was very different than who they represented back home. And I teamed up a lot my House representative. I have five House representatives, but in my personal district, it's Representative Rebecca Dow. I was proud to work with her and make sure she got elected because She represents the same values and same message. And when this Senate seat became available, and I ran for the Senate seat because I knew it was important to make sure that someone carried that message on. And in fact, I'll tell you about this Senate seat. I saw ahead of time that Senator John Arthur Smith was being primaried by a far-left progressive in a primary. No other Republican announced for the seat at all. And so I signed up quietly. Many of us hoped that John Arthur would be able to come out of that primary. Unfortunately, he lost. And it's a good thing I signed up, or we would have literally just handed over a seat for a moderate district over to a far less progressive, and I wasn't going to let that, even the chance of that happening. So I encourage everyone to get New Mexico. We've got to do a better job of really building our bench, and I encourage anyone who is concerned, and if you're not concerned, you're not watching, but anyone who's concerned, to start at a local level, and if you're not ready to run for yourself, which there's no reason why anyone else is more qualified. Then at least assist others who are. Make sure that your values and your needs and the needs of your community are fairly being represented by those that we elect to do this. And so I encourage anyone to get out. If you want change in your community, then you need to be the first one to go out there and make it.
1: That's very well stated, folks. We've been visiting with Senator Crystal Diamond. Keep up the great work.
3: Thank you. It's my great honor, Chairman, and I appreciate your time today and for all the listeners joining us as well.
0: After listening to our program today, if you'd like to find out more information about the Republican Party of New Mexico, there are several ways to do that. First, check out the website at www.gopnm.org. The party has a Facebook page and a Twitter account. Account. The handle is at New Mexico GOP. If you'd like to talk to somebody, call Party Headquarters at 505 298 3662. That's 505 298 3662. For Steve Pierce, I'm Derek Underhill. We look forward to meeting with you again next week, right here on Inside New Mexico.